Welcome to The Politocrat. I am Omar Moore. It is Thursday, March the 26th, 2020. I wanted to talk about Joe Biden. And I will talk about Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a wolf in sheep's clothing. There's a real possibility that come this November, America could be making a choice between two rapists for President of the United States. And you can put the word alleged in front of that if you want to. And as an attorney, I really should be putting the word alleged in front of it because neither of these two claims have gone to court. Neither of these allegations being made by women against Joe Biden or Donald Trump have gone to court. And of course... Part of the reason why that is, I think, is because we know what happens when women come forward. They get put through a meat grinder and they get attacked. Whether it's on social media or online in general or through any other type of means. And it is nasty and really disgusting. It's a second kind of violation, I must imagine. And so I sit here on this Thursday and have always had reservations about Joe Biden. And only a week or two ago, I wrote that Bernie should really consider his position. Then as the coronavirus pandemic came to American shores for real, in earnest with some very, very rapidly and very seriously spreading cases, and with all of these deaths, we're now up to over a, I mean, this is just unbelievable, over a thousand deaths. And that number will continue to skyrocket as more people get tested. But then Bernie said he wasn't going anywhere. He was staying in the race. And then I thought, well, you know, because nobody's attention is focused on the Democratic presidential primaries at the moment, and there's not going to be another primary until April the 7th or so, Another, what, some two weeks from now. 
almost two weeks from now, then what's the point of Bernie dropping out? It really doesn't make any sense. And I was actually going to do an edition of The Politocrat. And it was going to be today, actually. And it was just going to be about Joe Biden's leadership and whether or not he has any in this crisis that we face right now, that we're going through right now. So this really was going to be an edition dedicated to asking the question of Joe Biden, where is your leadership? Why aren't you out front and center daily against these lies that Trump tells at these campaign rallies? Because that's what they really are. And the media, NBC and CNN at least, will not be covering Trump's press conferences in full. They will cover maybe the first minute or two because they they are fed up of the lies. Even they are fed up of the lies now. And so they said that they will explore the possibility of covering his press conference at the start, dipping into it at the start. But then when the first lie that he tells arrives, they will pull the plug. And only will they return again when the lies stop, which won't be at all. So that was going to be the, you know, the context was was going to be, you know, that was the frame was going to be, well, why isn't Joe Biden not only not being heard from as much, and he has been around this week, he has done a few things, he's spoken out about the coronavirus, but I'm talking about why hasn't he taken on Trump himself as hard as he can? He fumbled the ball a little bit this week with Nicole Wallace. I talked about that in Yesterday's politocrat, I talked about Joe Biden and his lack of truth-telling. This guy is incapable of telling the truth. I mean, it's Trump on the Democratic side. It's just incredible that we could have that situation in November. I mean, it really is. And I talked about him lying in the context of the debate that Bernie Sanders and he had just, what, earlier this month. Feels like that was a whole complete month ago, but it was about, what, two weeks ago? When Joe Biden was openly caught in a lie and he kept lying. And these are the things about Joe Biden that I have really grave reservations about his lies, his ability to continue lying and lying and lying, just like Trump does, and tell stories that aren't true about him being arrested in South Africa and all of these things, and him lying to everybody, including to Bernie Sanders, who he debated a couple of weeks back, saying, oh, you know, I never stood on the Senate floor in the 1990s, in 1995, actually, and said that I would cut Medicare and Social Security. I never said I'd do that. And he did. He was there on the floor. I was on YouTube. You could see it. But now, there is something that I need to talk about. Because I'm somebody who is very, very clear 
about my stand against violence perpetrated on women, no matter what form that violence takes. It doesn't have to be anything where you're using a fist, where a man is doing that. All of it I condemn. I support and believe any woman in any of the situations where violence occurs in any of them. And I'm very clear about speaking up about that. I don't care who it is who perpetrates it. I don't care who it is who survives it. I am someone who will take a stand and speak up and speak out. And lend and offer my support to the survivor. And I was on Twitter last night at the popcorn R E E L. That's at the popcorn reel. And I came across the audio of a woman by the name of Alexandra Tara Reed. And I realized that early in the day I had seen and retweeted this audio and was actually audio done by Katie Halper, who is a, a journalist, has her podcast, has her audio cast, has her own uh, audio cast as well. And she it works at Rolling Stone. She's a journalist at Rolling Stone magazine. And what just kills me is... <laughs> I couldn't... I really couldn't stand it, quite frankly. I mean, Joe Biden... You know what they say about people who hide in plain sight? About people who go into professions to actually hide their true natures? People who become police officers but are really criminals? People who are Lawyers but do all kinds of illegal and unethical things under the cover of being an attorney. People who are doctors who are supposed to heal people, but then they molest and attack people. People who are politicians who are supposed to be for the working man and woman, for the people, but then they go and do things that completely show that they are for the 1%. Well, Joe Biden fits very much into the category of someone who cannot be trusted. Someone who is very much, in my view, hiding in plain sight. And someone, in my view, who 
as a powerful person, not only can hide in plain sight, but can have the backing of the corporate news media to not raise any critical questions about him, to have the backing of people at Time's Up who do not want to rock the boat because, as they put it, their non-profit status could be in jeopardy. Who do not dare want to raise any critical questions of Mr. Joe Biden, the former vice president of this country, because they feel and fear that they could be retaliated against. Alexandra Tara Reed has already had the sting of that retaliation visited upon her. Whether it was earlier this year, back in January, when she wrote a column at Medium and was castigated up and down and called a, a traitor to the country, someone who was a Russian spy, all kinds of garbage because she um, very much is very much pro-Russia and um, has spoken favorably about Russia for various reasons. Now, look, I think Russia is an oppressive country. I think that its citizens are not treated well. It has a terrible human rights record thanks to Vladimir Putin, who is a real problem, of course trying to be president for life and all of this. I mean, this is really bad stuff. This is really bad stuff. And I, I really... It's hard. It's really hard. Not hard for me to say how I feel about this, but it's hard to think that I'm going to have to make a choice this November. Because look, as I keep saying, Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee in all likelihood. Unless something major were to happen like this story. And I just shudder to think that I'm going to have to make a choice between two people who have been accused of rape and both of whom, whose accusers, I believe, 100%. So that means that I could be making a decision between two rapists. That is thoroughly evil to me. The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor. Marvelous stuff. Marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with the Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard 
on Apple, on Spotify, and everywhere podcasts can be. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The following audio contains descriptions of graphic, physical, assault, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. So I cannot really understand it at all. You know, I I just... I think what I'm trying to say here is that I believe... And I'll call her Tara for the sake of shortening. I I hope she doesn't mind. But I I believe Tara Reed. I believe her. And I'm going to play an excerpt of the interview at least an excerpt of the excerpt of an interview that Tara Reed gave or, or, or gave to Katie Halper, who, as I said, is a journalist and reporter at the Rolling Stone magazine at Rolling Stone. And I, I just am absolutely... Well, I this is I'm I just want to say, uh, um, and I will again. I will say that this, and you've probably already heard the warning. That this is. Um, I think you'll find this to be disturbing. Here is a, an excerpt of the excerpt. And you will hear two voices. One, the voice you will hear most is that of Tara Reed's, uh, of that of Tara Reed. And then the other voice you'll hear is Katie Halper's voice. This is Tara Reed talking about her encounter in 1993 with Joe Biden. The side, it, it was like the side area. And um, he just said, hey, come here, Tara. And then I, I handed him the thing and he greeted me. He remembered my name. And then it, we were alone and it was the strangest thing. There was no like exchange really. He just had me up against the wall and um, I was wearing like a skirt and, you know, business skirt, but I wasn't wearing stockings. It was kind of a hot day that day and I was wearing heels and I remember my legs had been hurting from the marble, you know, of the Capitol, Mm -hmm. like walking. And I, so I remember that kind of stuff. I remember like I was wearing a blouse and he just had me up against the wall and the wall was cold. And I remember he... It happened all at once. The gym bag, I don't know where it went. I handed it to him, it was gone. And then his hands were on me and underneath my clothes. And um, yeah, and then he went, oh. 
he went down my skirt, but then up inside it. And he uh, penetrated me with his fingers. And um, I, uh, he was kissing me at the same time and he was saying something to me. He said several things and I can't remember everything he said. I remember a couple of things. I remember him saying first, before, like as he was doing it, do you want to go somewhere else? And then him saying to me when I pulled away, he um, got finished doing what he was doing and I kind of was pulled back and he said, he said, come on, man, I heard you liked me. Mm-hmm. And it's that phrase stayed with me because I kept thinking, what I might have said, and I can't remember exactly if he said I thought or if I heard, but it, it's like he implied like that I had done this, like I don't know. And for me, it was like every everything shattered in that moment because I knew like we were alone, it was over, right? He wasn't trying to do anything more, but it's I looked up to him. He was like my father's age. He was this champion of women's rights in my eyes, and. I couldn't believe it was happening. It didn't see, it seems surreal. And I, I just, I knew, I, I just felt sick because he, when he pulled back, he looked annoyed and he said um, something else to me that I, I don't want to say. And then he said, he, I must've looked shocked and he grabbed me by the shoulders. I don't know how I looked, but I must've looked something because he grabbed me by the shoulders and he said, you're okay. You're fine. You're okay. You're fine. And then, he walked away and he went on with his day. And what I remember next is being in the Russell building, like where the big windows are and the stairs by myself and my body, I was shaking everywhere because, and it was cold all of a sudden. And I was, I don't know. I felt like I was shaking just everywhere. And I was trying to grasp what had just happened and what I should do or what I should say. But I knew it was bad because he was so angry. Like when he left, like I could feel, you know how when you know someone's angry, they don't necessarily say anything. Like he smiles when he's angry and you can just feel it emanating from him. Like, Do you want to share that thing that you said you don't, like you said, like I, I don't want to say what he said, that thing he said to you? Um, yeah, I can. I guess I could. I mean, you, you don't have to. It's okay. It's just, um, it's almost like giving a weapon to them. How so? Well, it's like, I don't want them to know how much it hurt. I don't, mm. you know, I don't want him to know when they, I don't know. But that yeah. like that you remembered it? Yeah, just, just, the, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I can say it. Um, yeah, there's something he said that I didn't want to say. And I didn't want to say it because it's the thing that stays in my head. Mm. Over and over, like, like, and um, it's a thing that, kind of stayed with me over the years but he said um when he had me against the wall after he had done after I pulled away and he had said hey you know come on or do you like me and I um knew he was angry right after he took his finger he just like pointed at me and he said you're nothing to me and then he, he just looked at me and he goes you're nothing nothing and then I must have reacted. And I think he only said it twice. I said, but I, but I just heard the word nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and I must have reacted because that's when he took me by the shoulders and he said, you know, you're okay. You're fine. You're okay. What do you say? 
after something like that. I am disturbed, mortified, and I just have a real issue with Joe Biden and his not only lack of physical space, but his nastiness with some t- with some people, obviously his criminal act, because that was rape that you just heard Tara Reid describe. And his, not only as I say, his lack of observing close, you know, personal space, his whole protocol with people, this overt familiarity, this act that, oh, I know you, you know, and he's way too familiar with people he does not know. And he is someone who is nasty. I've observed him just with all of these interactions I see on television, online, his mannerisms towards women, and then his outright violence against women. I mean, this was rape. There were other women who in 2019 came forward and accused Joe Biden of these kinds of attacks. Now, not attacks to the degree that, you know, that that Tara Reid is saying, but just these moments where these women are being manhandled by Joe Biden or squeezed, their arms are being squeezed and held for too long, way too long. Instances where Biden is touching his forehead against the forehead of another woman and grabbing a woman's hands. I just, um, I, I mean, where do you go with someone like that? This guy should be on trial. He shouldn't be running for president. And yet, and yet, the media, the corporate news media, that is, will not touch this story that Tara Reid is telling. Lawrence O'Donnell will not touch this story. Rachel Maddow will not trust this, touch this story. Yeah, maybe she won't trust it either. But she won't touch it. Dana Bash of CNN won't touch it. And she was the one who, in the debate between Biden and Bernie, and by the way, Biden doesn't want to even debate Bernie anymore, which that should tell you something right there. Why not? You know, you still aren't over the line yet. You've got primaries that are being delayed. New York certainly will not be held on April whenever. That's not going to happen. So this race is far from over now. But 
I find it very interesting that he doesn't want to deal with Bernie anymore. But Dana Bash, who made such a mountain out of, well, you know, he's going to name a female vice president. And Bernie gave his answer to that. And I'm sitting here thinking, this guy is very much the opposite of what he claims to be or what he has actually done. And that's what I mean by hiding in plain sight. Joe Biden may have authored the Violence Against Women Act, and I think that's a very interesting title because maybe you'd want to call it the Anti-Violence Against Women Act rather than the Violence Against Women Act. But I get it. That's what you call it because violence does occur against women. But I think you'd want to call it the Act to Prevent Violence Against Women or the Anti-Violence Act or the anti Violence Against Women Act. You wouldn't call it the Violence Against Women Act, would you? I wouldn't. But Joe Biden wrote that law, the bill that was voted in. And yet, at the very same time, I think that Violence Against Women Act was, what, 1994, 95? Literally a year or two before that act was uh, written by Biden, he had, uh, well, I clearly believe her, he had raped Tara Reid. I mean, that's my view. I'm standing by it and I'm sticking to it. This is something that should give us all pause. And as I've repeatedly said online on Twitter, at the popcorn, R-E-E-L. There is a book about Joe Biden and I have recommended it on a number of occasions over the last few weeks. It's called Yesterday's Man, The Case Against Joe Biden. And it's written by Branko Marketich, spelled M-A-R-C-E-T-I-C. And Yesterday's Man talks about Joe Biden's legislative record and how he is to the right of Reagan on some things and helping the right wing has had a long history of doing this. Uh, Joe Biden is basically a neoliberal conservative wearing a democratic suit, if you will. That Joe Biden is, I think people know now, supported segregation, piled around with segregationists, was against busing. Remember Kamala Harris, who heftily endorsed him pretty soon, um, just a few weeks ago, rather now. Remember when she challenged him when they were rivals on the debate stage and she absolutely lacerated them, which to me was the most uh, withering attack on him. Joe Biden has never had real serious scrutiny, maybe one or two articles in the corporate news media. But the the corporate news media generally does not touch Joe Biden. They may talk about his fitness. They may ask questions about him, raising questions about him speech speaking. But they don't talk about, generally speaking, and CNN has done it once that I've seen. But generally speaking, they do not talk about A, questions around mental health, um, B, his, his horrible record with women. And after that, his violence against women. I mean, he puts his hands on women. 
He puts his hands on their shoulders. He gives them back rubs. He kisses on the back of the head. He puts his hand near their breasts. Some of the women or girls, that's right, girls, are literally in their teens, underage maybe. Really? I mean, if we have to pick, obviously I'm going to vote. And I'm not going to vote for Trump, obviously. But if the choice is Biden, oh my goodness. Why do we get ourselves into these positions where we are voting for two, one of two reprehensible people? Now, granted, Joe Biden's policies may be better than Trump's, but my goodness gracious me, that's such a low bar. And not only that, knowing that a woman has been raped, and I thoroughly believe Tara Reid, then how good would it make any of you, any of us, any person feel that when they're casting their vote, they're casting their vote for someone who is a rapist. It's just flabbergasting. And this is not even to include all the other stuff about Joe Biden that's highly objectionable. You've got to read this book, Yes. Excuse me, you've got to read this book, Yes, Today's Man. By Branko Markatich. This guy voted for all kinds of things that Republicans would love. This guy is basically the second coming of Bill Clinton. Remember when Bill Clinton was running for president in 1992 and woman after woman after woman came forward against him and said, you know, this guy grabbed me. He did this. He had an affair. He did that. He did this. He did the other. And then you had the interview of he and his wife, Hillary Clinton. And they just kind of denied things and blew by things like they weren't there. And it was just unbelievable. He got elected in 1992. I voted for him. I voted for him in 1996. Then the whole uh, harassment scandal, which of course it wasn't called back then, but of course it clearly was harassment scandal. The harassment and sexual harassment wasn't even a scandal so much as it was harassment. And Bill Clinton harassing Monica Lewinsky. Even though there was consent there, it doesn't matter. The power dynamic is enough. So it was. It was just. It's unreal. This is unreal. Joe Biden's record is not anything to glow about. He voted against. Speaking of violence against women, I think this is the kind of violence against women as well as his violence against women, personally. This is the form of violence against women when you vote for the Hyde Amendment five times and the Hyde Amendment is something that did not allow poor women, black women, or any other, you know, Latina or anyone else who is, you know, I can barely, I can barely 
C straight. I'm angry about this with Joe Biden. I am. You know, it's. Anger is the predominant thing. And this guy is probably going to get away with this because the news media is not going to touch it. And what really kills me even more than that is that these individuals and organizations who claim that they are so pro-women and they're so feminist and they're so much up against the idea they're standing against violence against women. And what do they do when this particular woman speaks out? They don't say a word. They are silencio. And that is not the society that should ever be said to have existed ever again. And it really shows you the hypocrisy. It shows you the lies. It shows you where power is. It shows you who the enablers are. Well, I think all of them should be put to shame. Every last one of them, mate. Every last one of them. Those same women, those same feminists. Oh, I'm a feminist and I'll stand tall. And Why aren't they speaking up? Heck, Kirsten Gillibrand, the senator out of New York, one of the most, the foremost um, fighters against domestic violence, the foremost fighter against sexual harassment and violence against women overall. She endorsed Biden, for God's sakes, a week ago. And I thought that was such a curious juxtaposition. Is it because she is going to be considered in Joe Biden's cabinet? Is it because she is going to be Joe Biden's vice presidential pick? He's made no secret of the fact that he will be picking a woman. And when he says woman, he means white woman. Because he said in the next breath, and I'm picking a black woman for the Supreme Court, I'll put a black woman on the court. So there's no chance at this point that a black woman will be the vice presidential pick. So Kamala Harris, sit down. So Stacey Abrams, sit down. And anybody else that I've not mentioned. So that's what I am looking at. I just don't know what to say. And it's not often that I'm speechless. Joe Biden is lacking leadership. He's lacking character. He's lacking discipline. He can't put three sentences together, let alone one, two, four, eight. He speaks for short periods of time on the campaign trail when he's speaking at all. And I just think that this guy is really a problem for the Democrats in November. And it somewhat, I don't know, it just gives me pause, to be honest. And, um, it would probably explain why the DNC is so in a hurry 
to get him to the convention without any kind of vetting of his record. I think the American public is owed better than that. Don't you? And he's still 700-odd plus delegates away from the nomination. But what really concerns me at the moment is that the superdelegates, they're going to do what they're going to do anyway. They will throw their weight behind Joe Biden. But the thing is, the superdelegates can't come in until the second round under the new DNC rules as of, what, a couple of years ago now. But if the, the convention ever gets contested, you're going to have superdelegates covering for someone who raped a woman back in 1993. And it doesn't matter what year it was. But I think that Joe Biden did this. I think he absolutely did this. I believe Tara Reid. And it just makes me ill to listen to that audio that you listened to. And I want to thank Katie Halper for that piece of audio. She will have a, if not already, full interview that you can find on SoundCloud. SoundCloud, which I also use for these audio casts, these pod, these podcasts. You know, I still make sure that SoundCloud is part of the story. Katie Halper will be posting the entire interview. And it just seems so consistent with Joe Biden. And I find it very interesting now that nobody's saying anything. I'm not surprised. The corridors of power just doesn't want to, they don't want to know. And why would they want to know? I would have said anybody else, anybody else, Bernie could be squaring off against anybody else, whether it is Pete Buttigieg or whether it was Amy Klobuchar. She's got a lot on her plate right now. But I, I'm just, I despair, quite frankly, about the choice that we're going to have to make. And look, make no mistake, I will admit to you right now, with everything I've said so far, if it's between Biden and Trump, I think that's a very, very easy choice to make. But it, I'm not a survivor of any kind of rape or any kind of other violence at all. So if you are a survivor, isn't that choice a little bit harder for you than it is for me? And let me get back to the Hyde Amendment. He voted for that five times. The Hyde Amendment makes it more difficult for low-income women to use Medicaid to help finance or facilitate their reproductive rights choices. Joe Biden wrote 
and voted for the bankruptcy bill, which he lied about doing, by the way, on the stage with Bernie. Joe Biden has lied about a lot of things. And yet he's one of the least vetted politicians I've ever heard of. I mean, even Boris Johnson has been vetted, has been vetted more than Joe Biden has. And yet somehow Joe Biden has been able to skate by for the better part of the last 50 years without real scrutiny. This is the same. This is the same Joe Biden who prevented witnesses from testifying in favor of Anita Hill. And Joe Biden is somebody who I don't trust. And I think that Tara Reid's experience, her story recounting that traumatic, traumatic time with Joe Biden who attacked her, raped her, violated her. I mean, people have got to familiarize themselves with this story so that they know at least whether it makes a difference to the election or not. But right now, that's really way, way, way low. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore, and you can find me on Twitter at the popcorn R-E-E-L. And I've got a Twitter handle especially for the Politocrat itself. And that would be the T-H-E. So it would be T-H-E underscore P-O-L-I. T-I-C-R-A-T. Thank you very much for listening. This has been The Politocrat.